This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Which, he, he rhymes Sarah Masalata with words that don't exist in the English language. <laughs> Leicester City have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Knockout takes. Almunia saves. Knockout follows in. Almunia saves again. And now Watford are on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. And I'm Carl. And joining us once again, friend of the podcast, Peter. How are you, sir? Oh, very well, thank you very much. Extremely well after yesterday. Yes, I think that's where we should start, actually. Let's start with the Is there game. anywhere else to start? No, there wasn't. Say, no, it? No, no, there was nowhere else to start. We had to start there. <laughs> Now the Tring the Book Festival. Yeah. <laughs> now none of us went to that match yesterday. Carl, you decided very early on last week I'm not going to that match. And to be fair to yeah. you, you didn't. Do you wish you'd gone now or? Hundred oh, percent. And I've just watched as we, as we record this. I've just watched Liverpool absolutely spank Man United five nil. And I, I am of the opinion that maybe maybe I was a little bit um, hasty in my. Um, What's the word? I'm reluctance. Reluctance. Yeah, maybe. reluctance. That's it. Thank you. My reluctance to, to, to go to Everton. If I'd gone to Everton, that Richarlison goal would have been the end of the game. It's only because I wasn't there that what happened happened. You reckon? So you believe in all this um, sort of superstition no. that? <laughs> no, I don't for a second. But no, look. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I'm gutted I wasn't there because we, you know, it's the, it's the first win at Goodison Park. Mm. There's that broke records in the Premier League. I've missed that. It's uh, yeah, it's disappointing not to be there. But look, take nothing away from the from the, the boys, and I'm sure we'll touch on this during this. But what a, what a result! Fantastic result! Absolutely. There are a few stats from that game actually that I have actually shared on social media, but I will share again. So the first stat is uh, Watford is the first team in Premier League history to trail after 75 minutes and still win the game by at least three goals. That's quite a stat, isn't it? Awesome. That's quite a thing for Watford. That's amazing. The second stat is Josh King's last four Premier League goals have come at Goodison Park for two different teams, and neither of them were for Everton, despite playing for them in between. That's a brilliant stat. 
<laughs> I mean, that, how does this happen? I mean, how does this happen? I saw another one. I hope you're going to bring this one up. Is about the uh, the last four away wins. For yeah, Watford are... that's the next. Oh, one. Oh, you got it. Go yeah, on, yeah, yeah. The, the, the next one I'm going to bring up. Watford's last five Premier League away wins have come under five different managers: Grazia, Sanchez, Flores, Pearson, Munoz, and Ranieri. Amazing. How mad is that? Crazy, isn't it? That is crazy, absolutely crazy. mad. So it was a bit of a a, a groundbreaking day yesterday, Peter. From a analytical uh, point of view, what was the biggest difference between losing five nil to Liverpool and then being able to put on that display at Goodison Park yesterday? Uh, well, I think probably putting Mo Salah on a shuttle bus to uh, Old Trafford probably helped. Yeah, that probably um, helped. Yes. No, uh, it, it, it was it was chalk and cheese. If if you, and I know hindsight is a wonderful thing. If you go back to that Liverpool game, everybody said that you know Ranieri's only had his full squad because of international duty returns from the Thursday before the, the Liverpool game. So that's two days. Most teams, when players return from international duty, they go through a series of checks and tests and rest because they've been playing. So ch- chances are Ranieri probably had his full squad for one day to prepare for the oncoming horde that that was Klopp's Liverpool. He's now had, if that's correct, he's either had six or seven days now on the training pitch and it looks like it's been very, very well spent. Mm. Um, First of all, he's learned don't put Sar up front. He's completely lost. He didn't have his greatest game on the ball yesterday, but he still worked extremely hard and looked much better there. The return of Josh King was huge. But for me, it wasn't any one individual. It was about what had been done on the training pitch and the cohesion and the defensive work that we did when we didn't have the ball. And we pressed Everton so much higher up. We did it as a team rather than an individual because Josh King, when he's played up front previously, we've talked about it on, on the boot room on New Orleans TV, he's ended up pressing on his own and both Saar and Dennis have been playing like wing-backs. They've never, you know, and you can't press three players on your own. It's just impossible. Here, he had Saar and he had um, Hernandez backing him up. We had um, Tufan and Kuchka also pushing forward, which was fabulous. Um, and really trying to, trying to win the ball further up, far more cohesive. The last thing was that we did what, what's traditionally known in coaching terms as halving the pitch. In essence, when we were playing against Liverpool, the whole back four was stretched all the way across the pitch. They weren't coming across, which what you should do is basically go, OK, when the ball is played out wide, we're going to go, imagine that there's a a, a, a line, a centre a centre line running from goal to goal, from penalty spot to penalty spot. Right. And your right back should be coming across and he should be pushing you across so you condense the play. And so you're only having to cover half the ground that you would do if you're covering the whole of the pitch. And, and we did that so much better. It meant we were putting pressure on the ball, as I've already described, but it also meant we had body in proximity of the ball to pick up second ball and anybody who's watched it this season has gone why do we never get a second ball yeah um so it was so much more about what we did when we hadn't got the ball if you if you do that you know the 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 good part about you know you're going to see the ball more you're going to have more possession you're going to win it higher up the pitch and then your good players can go and do what they did the final thing would be he used his subs so well he did you know you know, I've said about Saar didn't have the greatest game and some people are going, well, will he pick him for Southampton? Will he? That's the kind of problem that 
any air he wants to have. That's what you want. That's what Absolutely. you want, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. How brave, how brave to take Sar off. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. And how brilliant of both Dennis and Yao Pedro to come on and combine so effectively. Because they were only he, on the on the path for 15 minutes, but they terrorised the Everton back line. He looked different class, um, Yao Pedro. He actually... He did, I, I, didn't I thought, he? He was brilliant. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I'm only going off what I've been told by people that were there and watching the highlights, but he, he just looked the player that, that we hope he is. Absolutely. And the other thing that, for me, is a real positive is that two of those goals came from set pieces, um, yeah. which is something that for a long time we've said our set pieces are dreadful. We're not yeah. doing anything with our set pieces. One was a free kick sort of in the corner. The other one was a corner. It's good to see. Well, that, was the, that was the old VAR giving us... Um, oh, well, the first one was, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, the first yeah. one, yeah. But the second yeah. one, Kuchka absolutely pinpoint. Great, brilliant stuff. Great finish as well. That's a, that's a technique there because he's actually leaning backwards. So yeah. your, your natural progression is to send that ball up and well, over would, yeah. the bar. So, re- yeah, to get above the ball and, and get it where it was, um, you know, fantastic. And to go back on the second ball thing, I think it was the fourth goal, Sizoko picked up a couple of second balls and drove yeah, it yeah. forward. So well, we we had something called counter-attack. Which I know. Has, has been I know. So, it's been something we don't associate with our football club for, for many a year. Absolutely. Oh, it was a joy to watch. It was one of those games that you just thought, when Richarlison scored that second goal for Everton, you thought, right, yeah. okay, this is going to be Here a massive go. challenge. And of course, it had to be Richarlison that scored it. But then for Josh King to get a hat-trick, uh, against his old team That's brilliant, brilliant. P- particularly given the fact that I just gave with the hold he's never scored for Everton and the last time he scored yeah. was, you know absolutely fantastic the last time we scored five away I can't remember Cardiff Cardiff Cardiff, Cardiff okay Cardiff away. you're right was, Cardiff away Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah, that one I saw. That's yeah. not too bad. You're right. Jerry's hat trick. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry's hat trick. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So yeah, it was lovely. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, what what was really interesting with 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 Yao is he comes in and we <coughs> kind of went to play in a four three three or a four two three one when he's there and he kind of plays in, in the in the hole. Before the substitution, you you they both kind of played because uh Kushka had played on the left a little bit more, supporting Hernandez, and um, uh, Tufan had played on the right. He didn't really play the ball in behind for Sar to run onto very much at all. But the moment that Pedro came on, he there, the, there was the uh, King's second goal. Wonderful when you have to try to actually remember. Was that his first, second or third goal? What a yeah. wonderful moral it is bad. A nice thing. Basically, Kushka and Dennis press the ball. It falls to Kushka. He plays it forward to Pedro, who basically screens the ball uh, quite near the uh, quite near the touchline. And Dennis has just pegged it in behind. And he's just spun and just put it in for him. And he's just run through and cleared. And again, you've got poor old Michael Keane at Everton being the last bastion of defence trying to come coming across the defence you know, to uh, to Dennis, leaving King completely alone. And he just pulled him all the way through. If we can do that and you can get Tufan and Saar clicking as a partnership in the same way as you saw Dennis and Yao Pedro, oh, Friday. happy day. That'd be happy Friday, day. mate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really looking forward to the Southampton match now. Mm. Really well, looking we, forward we were to saying just that this previous podcast, Justin, it, it was a bad result for Ranieri against Everton. There was pressure. There was a huge amount of pressure. We now were, we yeah. go into that Southampton game full of it. Go and play at 50% of that second half as we were, and we'll, we'll push Southampton. Absolutely. I'd be interested to know the last time that Pickford let in five goals as well, to be honest. It's, uh... Yeah, he was uh, not not a happy bunny, was he? <laughs> <laughs> no. but, but, the, but other things, like the, the, the finish from, um, from Dennis, 
you know, how calm. And it's something that we don't really see very often. He really did remind me. And I know I did see on Twitter um, a comparison, Igalo, yeah, um, when he yeah. scored that. The yeah, uh, just, yeah. yeah Chuck, just, and it was it was very similar. It was so calm and collective and just a little touch just to finish it. I think it was Jermaine Genus that, that said, normally when you're sort of five yards from goal, your instinct is to score or to shoot yeah. rather yeah. than to sort of drag it back and then have a shot. So it, that showed a level of composure that, you know, really, that, that was... The first game this season that we were absolutely, totally convincing, even though we went behind and, you know, four goals in 15 minutes, think, was it? That's just amazing. Yeah. I, 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 so I'm just going to say, defensively, I think that there's still a lot of questions. To oh, absolutely. And, no, no, no. You know, I totally and, I, and, I, and I don't want to, this podcast is not going to be, up from me anyway, it's not going to be any negatives about what, what we've just seen. But I think defensively that there has to be questions asked, which, which is only right because of, of the season that we've had. And, you know, going forward, we, we've got a lot of work to do, I think in January defensively well Cathcart was nowhere near uh, for that second goal was he he was ball no. watching he was just it was no, no, it no. was an awkward one because looking at it they'd had a set piece we defended it and it broke out into like a second phase of play it got played to the right I think it was Keane put the ball in um, and you've got Seamus Coleman still kind of lurking and it looked like Cathcart was almost diverted by him, which was daft because there were two other players that he could have pulled in and sat there because, let's face it, uh, Richarlison could have gone and had a bite and come back and had that header. I mean, he was, you know, he was almost bordering on being lonely in there. Um, <laughs> and it was it was a great header. So I think we have to accept, and a lot of people go, you know, Cathcart shouldn't be starting, and they're absolutely right. They're completely right, but they're missing the point. He shouldn't be starting. That is the point. He's not supposed to be the first choice at mm. centre-back. Mm. He is somebody who is content to be at a club that he has served very well on oh, the basis yeah. that he will be a contingency player. Yeah. And without Cabaselli and without Sierra and without some fitness in um, Nkulu's legs, he, he's there doing the best he bloody well can. Yeah. Um, he, he also was, and I, you know, I appreciate you want to make it positive, um, the first goal, he didn't cover himself in glory because that ball got basically played down because Gakia had played, uh, had, had joined the attack and it got, it got played down the, the left wing uh, young Gordon who I thought had a tremendous yeah, he game he got taken off Oz, didn't he he got Oz, taken he off got taken very off. strange yeah. yeah 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 god bless Benitez well done mate um, <laughs> Trusty tr- 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 Kong comes out and you've got four players coming there and you've only got Tom Davis I-, I hate the phrase when people go what I want is passion because passion is like an umbrella that covers so many things mm. but he wanted he wanted that more he wanted to get in there he'd only just come in to take the place because Dekure was injured and he definitely Definitely wanted to come to it more, and Cathcart in that position was a li- just just too passive. You just yeah. got to clear that out, get Absolutely. that ball away, make it row double Z, whatever, um, uh, uh, and get it away. So yes, yes, I understand entirely when people say Cathcart shouldn't be there, he shouldn't be starting, but he's been a fine servant. He is a backup player, but in January we do need to go and find s- somebody to reinforce. This brings me to some punters' questions. The first question comes in from Matthews67 underscore Ben. Do you think Ranieri has told Rose to lose a stone before he's considered again? Also, do you think Saar needs to increase his work rate? We're seeing the likes of King, Cucho and Dennis working their 
pissed off not seeing yes. it in Saar, uh-huh. hence why he was pulled off yesterday. Now, what do you think? Well, just to touch on that one probably first, I, I, I think it's a great problem to have. I think that if there's players really pushing Saar, which hasn't happened for a season, last season certainly, and up until now, it, it, if we're questioning whether Saar's going to start against Southampton, what a fantastic opportunity and that is for somebody else. I mean, I, I would certainly say, I don't know what Peter thinks about this, I don't think we necessarily get the ball over the top and use his pace as much as we should. No, we don't. I think we try and play it, play it into his feet far too often. We do. Which is not his style, if you, if you, if you want to say. I mean, all right, there's also a, an argument to say, well, he can, you know, knock it on and run onto it and, and, and whatever. But I, I don't know. I just think, for me, he is our best player. No questions. He's probably my first name on the team sheet, you know, and I'd really struggle to leave him out of the team. But look, if we can get performances like we've, we've done without him in the side, brilliant. What do you think, Peter, to the, uh, to the question that came in? Well, I was talking to someone the other week and said, you know, they, they were asking me who needs to work harder or who do you want to see more from? And in a way, Saar is that. But, but Saar is a player of moments, you know, he's the, he's the player who goes past somebody, delivers the ball, and he's creating an assist, or he goes drops the shoulder, and he's through and in on goal. He is a thoroughbred. He is not an out and out workhorse. So there's there's two issues. One, I think every opponent that we've seen has gone in with the game plan of if we stop Saar, we stop Watford. And I think you know if you're Everton and you're going right, we're we're, we're getting bodies in and around him, and then they take him off. Who do we pick up now? There's no game plan in place for that. Mm. What do we do with Pedro? And what do we do with Dennis when they're running? Which one do we go with? I, I think there's there's that to be considered. I think we have to accept that Saar is... Uh, having somebody really put in competition for him is absolutely blinding. Because you know what? That's what next season's going to look like. Because yeah. there's no way we're going to keep him beyond this. Because he is that good. He is that thoroughbred. And if you put him into that Liverpool side with all the movement that you can imagine and the opportunity to thread him through, he's going to be scary. Yeah. Uh, and will be scary. We've got to try to use him as best we can, which is why I say, you know, if you can get him and Tufan, because Tufan can thread a pass to play him in behind, happy day. You know, go and use his pace because that's his primary strength. I remember his first game, I think it was against Coventry, where he, where the ball came to him uh, at, at like literally the intersection of the halfway line and the byline. And he took what looked like a dreadful first touch. It looked like, oh, well, that's going to reach the corner flag. And then he just went, meet me. I remember went, this. Yeah. Up. It was just, my God, what have we got here? But yet we don't play to that strength. If, if we can say that, by my estimation, Randy Aries done six days on the the training pitch, he's going to get round to how we use Saar. I'm sure he will, oh, do. He will do because um, right. he's only taken one day to work out. You don't play him down the you know down the centre. Mm. It, it, it'll work it. Uh, Ranieri at Leicester abused the pace that that side had. Jamie Vardy, all the, uh, um, uh, who's the chap who went to Man City, Mares, uh, Mares, players Mar-res. like that. He absolutely abused the fact that he had all this pace. And I think once he clicks onto that, I think I think Saar will come into his own. Just to, I think sort of, I, I would imagine that's probably probably why he played him down the, the centre and thought, the oh, is this, is this Vardy yeah. Mark too? Um, yeah. And he's not, because we'll play the ball and the ball will run through the keeper or play, you know, kind of quite as a deep sweeper. Whereas you play him outright, he'll just absolutely ruin a left-back for fun. It, it, it was a shock that nobody seemingly had shown Ranieri, you know, the video of the 29th of February 2020, when, <laughs> you know... <laughs> when we took Liverpool know, apart, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of, you know, Robertson's nightmare. That would have been really something to have seen, but... 
Hey ho. Now, one thing I would say about Sarr is that Delafeo used to frustrate the hell out of me by just not making that final pass, or he'd have games where you just thought, oh God, he's just dreadful today, and other days you thought, he's just the best. Sarr doesn't have that in him, he doesn't have that sort of frustrating quality where you, I mean, so when he took him off yesterday, it was a bit sort of, really? We're taking off Sarr? Whereas yeah. when Delafeo used to go off, he thought, good, get him off, because he's just contributing nothing it. to the team. Yeah, you understood it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. that, that that's what I mean by a, a player defined by the moments that he has you know he has those you know you can keep him on until the the 89th minute and then he'll do something he'll give you something he'll 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 win the penalty and score it against Millwall and then we'll get promoted those moments what he's not defined by is the other 86 minutes that he kind of does because he doesn't necessarily that's not really his game it's not really an appreciation the the fact that if Ranieri is kind of almost thinking about partnerships and you know you've got Yao Pedro and you've got Dennis because I think Dennis was very unfortunate personally to to be dropped out because you know if you talk about a player who contributes when he's not necessarily playing well on the ball Dennis's defensive stats are off the chart so I was quite surprised to see Hernandez start but then to bring him on and to link him up with uh, with Pedro that looks that looks like genius that does well Hernandez is now starting to look like the player we all hoped he was going to be as well really I mean because he yeah, looks quality doesn't he he does he does look quality yeah quality. yeah just on the first part of that question there was something about Danny Rose being um, oh yeah does he need to more, lose a stone before being mortally obese yeah yes he does he does need to lose a little bit of weight but I think what Danny Rose also gives you is the ability to read the game and his experience and, and, and all that all that he brings. And do you know what? He actually I think he cares. Yeah. Dare did, I say but it. did I we miss him? Leeds. Did we miss him yesterday? No, we didn't. We didn't. That's I thought Messina had a great game playing no, I in, did. His, in his natural position. Yeah. Rather than You're on the wing. <laughs> yeah. In, 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 yeah, on the wing. Yeah. Um yeah I thought he had a great game. And Messina's never really had a had a dreadful game in that position. It's just when you push him further up the pitch. Yeah he's, yeah, he's, they, he's not he's not going to go forward he's not going to give you that going forward Messina it's just not his game well here's another question then from Jason Fark Jason Fark you you've got to be careful how you say that haven't you Uh, I think it's Fark as well yeah F-A-R-Q January possible transfers possible loan recalls go on Peter I'll let you go first oh cheers (laughs) Um... he threw you under the bus there didn't he yeah that's all right. I think I think the two who might be viable but I haven't seen enough of them actually play but the reports have been really good for one and sort of mixed but with highlights for another would be Zinkanagel and Deli Bashiru for returns uh, Deli Bashiru has played extremely well at Reading he's played himself into the, the squad and he is he is making all the right noises on social media for a player who's away you know on loan he's he's talking you know and he's showing commitment to the club uh, to, to Reading that is when he's there um, and he's weighing in with goals from midfield and his work rate and they are desperate to keep him. Zinkanagel has blown a little bit more hot and cold of course Forrest have had a turgid time of it since he's gone there and they've lost Hewton um, and now he's trying to play his way in um, with Steve Cooper the old Swansea manager so I think that's waiting to see but um, Zinkanagel I think has had some some good moments and some good assists whether or not he would get into the team don't know but I think both of those might be useful from a squad point of view I'd be loath to bring Delhi Bashiru back because he's so young and he's gaining what he needs at this moment in time which is absolute game time uh, so I, I would 
would I would be loath to bring him back and go, there you go, sit on the bench and you might get five or ten minutes every two weeks. Right. It does, does, doesn't do him any good. And we should really have a long-term plan to, to get him in and around the squad to be properly used as a, as a proper first-team squad player. Zinkanagel, it's a question of whether or not he's one of the, the, the Pozzo family's kind of plans to bring him in and, and, and have a little player who can sparkle and deliver a cross or a set piece or a, or a through pass. Or if he's we got him on a free, we put him out to the championship, he, he gets a bit of a reputation and we sell him for five million. It really depends what they're going to do with him. I've got to say, I liked Zinkanagel last season. I thought he was a good player, but obviously he wasn't in the plans of Munoz or the uh, the Pozzos this season. Um, he, he, he looked surprised at the pace and the physicality of the championship. And he wouldn't be the first player to come in from abroad to go, my God, what's this? You know, this is really quick. Yeah. I mean, Hernandez came back out and said this week, you know, he's played for four years in La Liga. And he said, I've, you know, in, in the, the minutes that I've played in, in the champ, you know, in the, in the premiership, I can understand why it's the best because it's so quick. It's so fast and it's so physical. You know, he, I don't think he was throwing any platitudes out to anybody in particular. It was a really telling thing. And a lot of these players that we bring in aren't necessarily the finished article. If they were, they might not come to Watford in the first place. So you need to give them the space to develop. And it's just a question of whether that's at the club or if it's out on loan, really. Another question in Gary O'Brien. It's a three-word question. Who rates he Kong? Over to you, Carlos. Uh, God, I should have took the other question. <laughs> um, do I rate him? In fairness, uh, I, in fairness I, I avoided the one about Danny Rose and weight loss because let's face it, yeah. I, I'm in a glass house and I would be lobbing stones around if I started giving people weight advice. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, I'll give you that one. Do I rate him? Do I rate him? Uh, It's a tricky question. I do. I just don't necessarily think that he is Premier League standard. Uh, That's all I can say. Do do I think his commitment's there? Yes, 100%. Do I think he wants to be Watford captain and go on and succeed with the club? Absolutely. I think everything is there in that that sense. But ability-wise... There are a lot of questions, you know. He, the man, when he tries to play a ball from the back, makes me wince. Well, he's honestly. he's been responsible for a few goals against us. Doing yeah, that, he makes me season. wince. Yeah, it does, and uh, he just gets caught out doing silly things. And tucking into that previous question is defensive truce and Sierra Alta and, and and these other and, and Craig Cathcart. We need to add to that. We need to add something to that because at the moment, if if Truce to Kong uh, is the, the player that, that we're kind of pinning our hopes on for this season, it might be a long season. What was interesting to see with that yesterday, and I, I called it out on the boot room, was Sissoko is really starting to get into his role of playing in that deep yeah, midfield yeah. role. Bearing in mind, yeah, he's, he's really been a sort of a, a bit of a box to box. I'm sure Spurs fans will tell me I'm, I'm wrong on that. but And he was sitting deep and he was basically collecting the ball and then he was pinging those kind of right to left balls. Uh, a lot into into King to like play off of Hernandez. That, that's what just just to touch on that. That's what I hope Ranieri brings is that Suzuko he's getting to the not the end of his career, but he's thirty odd now. Not not to go and try and be that box to box midfielder because he, he necessarily can't cash them checks anymore. But to be a more defensive midfielder, which I I think would help our situation. Well, he had he had some wonderful moments where he was suddenly um, he was changed from the player at, at Leeds because when we played at Leeds, he wouldn't play a forward pass. Every single thing he got, he passed to one of the full 
fullbacks. Yeah. Um, and I described him as passing responsibility rather than passing the ball because he would never play the ball into Tufan for some reason. It was odd. Anyway, that's all been cleared up. And he was using his range to good effect. He was using his body to good effect. I thought he had a wonderful game in uh, in that centre of midfield and would have been, you know, was, was only a hat-trick away from getting it personally, I would have said. But he was also kind of offering the fullback an option when it went to Ngakia especially and being able to then go and play it first time forward. That negates a lot of the problems that a lot of people have got with a Kong because when he's got the ball at his feet, you know, I need beta blockers at that point because it's kind of, <laughs> oh my Christ, it's going to go wrong. Beta um, blockers. And, <laughs> And yeah, I'm, yeah, what can I say? Weight loss, beat the blockers. I'm really, this is like a cry for help, isn't it? Um, he, he's also, you know, with, with a Kong answering that question, do I rate him? No. But the thing is, what Ranieri seems to be doing, if, if I'm reading it, if I'm reading the room right, is he's trying to work around where players' frailties and weaknesses are by how he deploys the other players around him, in which case he might give us more than he has to date. So fingers crossed. Absolutely. If, if we sign Van Dyke, he can go. <laughs> Final question, uh, Brian Edwards, the continued obsession with Dini. Long live the king. Yeah, I think there is still uh, quite an obsession with Deeney. I think we've covered this before in the fact that a lot of fans of a certain age have only ever seen Troy Deeney in their team, and it's a bit weird not having him there. It was like when I first started watching football, Graham Taylor no longer being the manager, you think, oh, this isn't the same. What do you think about this obsession with Deeney, Carl? I think, and I've touched on this, that it's time to cut the the apron strings, let let that go. We've got a guy called Josh King who just scored a hat-trick at Goodison Park. Go and ping all your uh, your wants and desires onto him. There you go. Very quick, very quick answer. Well, I think you're right. I don't I don't get the Deeney thing. I, I understand what a, what a fantastic player is, and and I to be fair, it was only you, Justin, talking to you about the whole because I was a little bit narky about you know getting the uh, testimonial and all the all the other bits. But I don't know. I'm j- I'm I'm over him. Thanks very much, Troy Deeney. It's 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 been lovely what you've done. But got Josh King now, and I'll I'll sing songs about him. To be fair, Josh King has had one spectacular game so far Troy had 10 years of being very very good for us so it, it remains to but be Troy, seen but, if we Troy put... had terrible games oh he did oh he did of course games. he did of course he did but, games. So, but you're never going to replace I... a, a talent like Troy overnight and I don't honestly no, think that Josh King is the answer to that but no no but, but what I'm saying is it just Get stop stop with this nonsense about Troy Deeney. He's not at the club anymore. I think he will know? be one day. I think he'll come back at some time as some something at the club. You know, it's like when any player goes, he goes. Someone would put on social media. I think it was it was yesterday going. You know, Troy scored. Is no one interested? And someone put he doesn't play for us anymore. Why would I care? Yeah, plays for Birmingham. Yeah. Why do I care? I don't care. Yeah. Why? I don't care. I just don't. I don't get it. I, I just generally do not understand people's obsession with him. It's it's fans of a certain age, mate. We've seen it, it all must before. Be. We, it must be. You, I, you and I have players, seen it all before. I've seen players, so many players come and go over the years, and yeah. you two, because you're you're older. Here he goes. Here he goes. Um, you've seen more <laughs> players come well, and go. So I, I, can't, I guess we're, we're just of that age where... It, you know, we're used to it. I remember going to an open day and thinking, where's John Barnes? And I never got to <laughs> meet go. John Barnes. And then the next thing I know, he's gone to Liverpool. And I'm thinking, how dare he? I didn't get a chance to meet him. Yeah. But I didn't then start obsess about John Barnes's career at Liverpool. I just went, well, he's gone to Liverpool now. Fair play. Well, I'll, I'll ask older, older fans then, if, if they're listening to this and, and getting 
get in touch somehow. When John Barnes left, was there this big thing about him scoring goals at Liverpool and going on? You know, no. when he when he I don't think there was, but it wasn't well, social well, media. Well, then. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to crow up here because I'm I'm going to grow up here or I'm going to crow. One of <laughs> Why don't you crow no. up? Here? So I mean, you know, I've, I've got I've got a YouTube channel of which half of probably the content is about old players and old games and the history of the club and you know trying to trying to make it hopefully more accessible for for everybody, young and old alike. That's the theory. Whether I do it or not, God alone knows. I, you know, have seen players leave, and I have just watched what they've done. You know, if, if it's on, if it's on Sky, or you know, yeah, I might have a, a mind to it. When they come back, I will applaud them because of their time playing in the Watfordshire. End of. You know, with Deeney, he has been here an awful long time. He is in the top five goal scorers or uh, you know, close enough to the top five appearances, etc., to be somebody who is noteworthy within the club. It's mm-hmm. it, There is still that element where what people say on Facebook or what they say on Twitter when they're Twittering away and doing something because they can say it very quickly about how, oh, I've got to really watch that. And I said to you, Justin, the other day, when then somebody rings and says, do you want to go for a drink? No, oh, no, I'm going to stay in and watch the Birmingham game. <laughs> really? I <laughs> yeah. don't think you are. No, you're you're going to go. But you're just going to keep a mind to it. Some, some of those players have come back like Ashley Young and they've blotted their copybook. Choose to like them, choose not to. But it, you don't have to be in one or the other camp. You can choose what you think of do what do do whatever that is. I personally, Deeney, I think he did a good job for us, and I'm happy to remember those those good days and the better days. And the only thing I think that really settles it in his favour is the man scored a hat trick against Bournemouth, and that puts him in my good books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Give Bournemouth, yeah, Bournemouth. That, the Bournemouth thing will always do it for you. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not quite sure when that started, but Bournemouth don't like us, do they? And we we really don't that's like a, them either. That's a bit of a dog. I've had trouble at Bournemouth. Been you in said, the pub. Yeah, yeah, you said, just, yeah. yeah, just had really weird, really weird, very strange. Really? Isn't, isn't Bournemouth like God's waiting room? It is. Well, actually, to be fair, Peter, the shop windows are bifocal. Hey, it's ah. <laughs> a Billy Connolly ah. joke, isn't it? <laughs> very good. And I say that as a card carrying old person. Hi, everyone. This is Tommy Hoban, and you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. So the three of us were uh, in a pub the other night, and uh, towards the end of the evening, we were joined by a, a self-confessed poet called Tim, um, who decided that the way to ingratiate himself with us, I guess, was to get us to give him five words, and then he would uh, do some poetry on it. I do have video clips of this. Um, oh, hello. We're Rockford love reducing ghost yesterday. He was a river blocker. No, he was a Watford lover. Captured in the glimpse of an eye. He loved in ever such an encapsulating but a vastly reducing eye. Have you ever seen a ghost that loves the most for yesterday's past? Yes, I will encapsulate that little bubble and it will always last. That gets just So, yeah, that was quite interesting, wasn't it? Tim and his poetry. What did you make of that? Well, I mean, uh, brave. I mean, he just literally came over to, to a group of strangers, sat with us and said that he's going to do some poetry and and yeah, it is quite I, I a brave. Don't expect, I don't expect this sort of thing in Croxley. I've got to be no, honest. No, I don't, I don't either. No. <laughs> well, he, he first came over and said, "Hello, my name's Tim, and I do accents." And we went, "That was it. That was it. Okay. Yes. Really bad. Tell, tell me any accent." And I think he was expecting like Scottish <laughs> or Scouse or something. And we went, yeah. "Uzbekistan," <laughs> and he, he did this. <laughs> 
<laughs> he came out with this mid-European accent of, of yeah. non-description. Oh we went, all right, and then Poland. I'd forgotten and it this. It was the same. Like it was the same. <laughs> it was the same. I said, Tim, that's the same. He's like, no, no, it's not. Oh, like, you're absolutely I'm right. I've forgot, forgotten the accent. Oh, I forgot about that. The accent yeah. was, was a hoot. And then I think, yeah. I think the first five words were, were Peter chose, and I think you used orange perineum. <laughs> Perineum, I did words. Kawasaki and Taramasalata. Taramasalata. Which, he, he rhymes Taramasalata with words that don't exist in the English language. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't impressed, were you, Peter? No, you were thoroughly like. <laughs> no, I, I may have used a word beginning with B that may be bleeped if you actually do put any of that content out. But um, oh, the, forgotten the wonderful. The reason I went for Kawasaki and Taramasalata is if you're ever trying to learn the Geordie accent, those are the two words. Those are the, those are the words, yeah. Kawasaki, yeah. Taramasalata. You know, it's fair. <laughs> he, didn't make, he didn't make the connection back to accents, which was such a shame. I like the way you used the word orange, which clearly has no rhyme, um, which was, no, was brilliant as yeah. well. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's all I coming it's back to me. Now. That after eleven at night in a pub, I can still be completely and utterly mentally cruel to strangers. I think, <laughs> I, think I held up that part of the bargain. Brilliant! <laughs> Brilliant. What, what an evening out that was! Fantastic <laughs> things that happened in Croxley. Hi, this is Dougie Brimson, and you are listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. So, next game at home at Southampton. Looking forward to that, and we're taking Genesis with us, which is going to be hopefully exciting for his first ever game. Yes. Yes, looking forward to that. Going to get all the uh, confirmations this week, but uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. That'll be that'll be a good day, I think. I think so. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that now. I wasn't. I was thinking, mm, oh, you know, this time last week, I was thinking, oh God, Southampton. To be fair, Southampton at home, not happy hunting ground normally. No. I would say. No, no, six seconds last time. Uh, well, yes, I remember it. There was that, yeah. and I do remember yeah. watching a struggle a few seasons ago. We had uh, what was that guy Mbai? Do you remember Mbai? Mbai. Yeah. Yes. And yes. by and Gerardo, oh, yeah. we were dreadful. And by Niang, that was it. Wasn't that was it. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that winning that at all. So yeah, yeah, it's not always a given. Southampton at home, is it? It's normally quite a quite a tough game. So uh, hopefully we'll be okay for that. I'm, I've got a more confident now after yesterday's result, obviously. But maybe yeah. this is all part of the bounce. You see, this is the bounce they talk Let's about. See. Let's, Let's see. Let's see. Let's wait I, and see. I've got a good feeling. Good feeling. Have you? Yeah. You're not going to be walking up Vicarage Road in your pants or anything, or no, no, no. Oh no, not for Southampton. No, dear no. God, no. It's got to be for, you know, at least the top four side. Oh, <laughs> okay. I, I think we saw yesterday suddenly a team with a game plan. Yeah. And I don't think it was fully evolved. And I think you've got a coach there who's got so much experience. There's more to come. More to There's come absolutely more to come. Yeah. Southampton would have been filled with dread, but they don't have, you know, Danny Ings. You know, I know they've got Armstrong from Blackburn, but quite frankly, that's not the same thing. Um, You know, they've got Ward-Prowse, always a danger, but I think we can get about them. Just do what we can. Well, come on in. Let's have have predictions. Let's have predictions for the Southampton game. Come on. I'm going to go clean sheet. 2-0. 2-0. Clean sheet. 2-0. We haven't had a clean sheet all first, season. First of the season. You clean reckon? Sheet, 2-0. Yeah. Well, who's going to be in goal then? Foster. Foster. He, he will be in goal. He's done nothing wrong in the sense of, yeah, he'll be in goal. All right, Peter, prediction? I'll go 3-1 because I don't believe in the clean sheet, but uh, about boundless hope over experience. Yeah, I think I'll go for a for a 2-1 or something. You're right. Clean sheets, unusual, but I think there's enough in us to win games now especially those sort of games. I'm looking forward to Arsenal as well, to be honest. Mm. I think that could yeah, be a good game. Yeah, I've got my ticket for that. I'm really looking forward to that game. It's, it's already it's sold out a long time ago now. I think that could be good. Who else have we got this month? We've got Man City, Leicester, Chelsea, Chelsea. we think? Uh, Chelsea, yeah. Yeah, it's a horrible, horrible God. month. Yeah. I knew there was a month. It, yeah. 
It's going to be horrible. I mean, there was a point yesterday, you know, before we went to 2-1 and even after we went to 2-1, where, to be honest with you, if you just focused on the performance, you would have taken it. Because suddenly we were watching something called a football match where two teams were competing. Mm. And that says so much. We're going to have dips. We're going to have games where we're going to basically get our you know numbers handed to us on a plate. But I think we've got enough to be able to take on teams in and around us and to give some of those bigger guns a game and let them know they've been in a game. And that I'll be looking forward to because it won't be like last last Saturday. I'll be very surprised Saturday against Liverpool. I think I think we've got more to look forward to than to be fearful of. After it could always be worse, Justin. It could always be worse. We could be Norwich City fans. Wow. I mean, 7-0. That's embarrassing, isn't it? Isn't that embarrassing? I mean, it's Chelsea. It's kicking, isn't it? Well, it's, yeah, it's Chelsea, you know, but seven Man United nil. lost five nil tonight as we record this. And, Ollie yeah. must be getting a bit worried about his job now. I reckon. He's. I think he's a goner. I think he's a goner. Do you think he is? Which is, is typical because you know they'll get Zidane or something like that and go on a, a big run, and we'll be in the midst of that probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's always the way. But Saturday, let, let's concentrate on Saturday. I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good day. Good day for us. Yeah, I, much think, I think Liverpool went. You know, they, they Manu went down to ten men, and Liverpool went easy on them. They, they just yeah, they could have. Right, they could have smashed them. We yeah, don't need to do this. We'll just knock it about, and it was just it was it was just a practice kick about at that point. It was we won't we won't rub it in. Let's see. I think we are on a bit of a trajectory ourselves. I think I'm much more confident now than I was this time last week. So let's see how we get on. You're only as good as your last game, but I mean, you know, we've got to we've got to hope that we get some consistency, and that builds into an identity for the team. Absolutely. Um, if that does, we'll be happy. <laughs> Nice one, chaps. Always lovely to talk to you, Peter. Thank you very much for coming on again. My pleasure. Thank you. Apparently. Carlos, I will see Always you a pleasure, on mate. Saturday. Very yeah. nice to speak to you both. Yeah, I'll see you Saturday. See and Saturday. Um, where are we going to meet? Have you actually worked out where we're going to meet Genesis? Or? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. We'll sort that out. Justice. Okay. All right. That'll be good. And then we'll, um, yeah, I think that's going to be our next piece in YBR, actually. Yeah. Taking a rapper to his first ever Watford game. 100%. All I'm saying is if you get Genesis, can we get him paired up with Tim the Poet? For a rap versus poetry <laughs> five-word battle. Let's not. Imagine yeah. that. My life ain't long enough. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine Genesis releasing a collaboration with Tim the Poet? No. Brilliant. If you're on Twitter, do follow Genesis Elijah. Um, his stuff is actually really, really good, and his tweets are funny as well. I really like his tweets. They're really good. So yeah. do give him a follow. So until next time, which will probably be after the uh, Southampton game, it's uh, goodbye from me. And it's three points for the Orns, and goodbye from me. Oh, and it's goodbye from me as well. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Superb. <laughs> See you later, everyone. Ta-da. Seamless. See you later, Absolutely <laughs> seamless. Yeah, thank you. Ta-da. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? (whistles) At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.